The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Thursday, July 22nd, and we are continuing to rip through the various divisions with training camp burning questions. We will hit up the NFC South today, talk about the Bucks, Saints, Falcons, and Panthers in the feed. Plenty of burning questions coming up. More burning questions. All the divisions will be there. If you want one, check out the feed and while you're checking out the feed, if you like the feed, if you like us, if you like the Pick 6 Podcast, we are nominated in the sports category, the People's Choice Podcast Awards. We appreciate all you guys do for us. We ask one more, one more little favor. All you got to do, nominate us to move to the next round. Vote for us to move to the next round, whatever you want to call it. If we win the whole award, I'll get a tattoo. Any tattoo, we'll figure out what kind of tattoo. I'll get a big one on my shoulder. I mean, I don't know. Somebody suggested like Pete Prisco flexing or something like that. That's fine. Whatever. We win the award, I'll do something stupid. Uh, so go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. You have to log in. It takes one second to log in, really, like just inter- two seconds, maybe. Toggle down to the sports category and vote for the Pick 6 Podcast. We've included the link at the top of the episode description as well. Thank you for your support, and thank you to Jared Dubin. By the way, Dubes, I guess you're technically nominated as well. I'm thinking podcast. a tattoo of Debo. That would actually be hilarious. Debo, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I support it. We still don't know what your tattoo will be, but um, well, I mean, I, I'm just willing to bet that we don't win. If we win, I'll take the. I don't like this attitude. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm willing to get a tattoo to help us win. That's not helping when that's a celebration of the win. You got to do something. I don't to want help. a tattoo. I really don't want a tattoo. Um, so it's oh, it's not even a celebration. Up, wait, wait, when you sign up, make sure and enter Will Brinson as biggest podcast influencer. Are you an influencer? Is that a thing? I don't know. I mean, I right. got, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we need to talk to uh, the folks at Gooder about getting some advertising as well. What's That's Gooder? Some new, some new Gooder sunglasses. They um, that they're for runners, in theory. But they, That's uh, why they I don't know what it is. But they have non-slip, uh, non-slip little. Um, like the, the side pieces, so you can wear them and they're not going to come flying off. In fact, you could probably be wearing them and not lose them despite losing your telephone, in in theory, hypothetically, at a concert. Anyway, let's get but to who the... Who would assist. do that? Who would do that? Not me. <laughs> can the... So the Buccaneers are probably the most interesting team here. They just won the Super Bowl. They brought everybody back, all 22 starters. The question is, or your burning question is, can they maintain last season's post-buy offense throughout the year? I really think this might be the most fascinating question. I don't know if it's in the entire NFL, but if if what we saw the second half of the year is what the Bucks are going to be for a full season with a now healthy Tom Brady, we found out he had played the full year with a torn MCL, which, by the way, they should be fine for, um, then the Bucs are terrifying. 
Yeah, I mean, they scored at least 26 points in every game after the bye, including the playoffs. So I think that was seven games, eight games. I can't remember how many they played after the bye. Uh, yeah, eight games. So at least 26 points in every game. I think somewhat tangentially connected to this is another one of the burning questions that we had, which is can they repeat last year's really good health luck? Mm. They were last in adjusted games lost both with and without COVID at Football Outsiders. So that means they missed the fewest games in the league due to due to injuries, uh, whether you include COVID misses, which they only missed five games, uh, or don't include them. And obviously that, re- that really helps yeah. uh, maintain a good offense. Um, obviously, Ronald Jones missed a little bit of time. Chris Godwin played banged up. Brady obviously played through the injury that you mentioned with his knee, but he didn't miss any time. I think the only guy that really missed time was Alex Kappa, I think, on the offensive line missed time mm-hmm. or or somebody else. I can't remember who it was, but you know, four of their five offensive linemen, I think, played in every game. Mike Evans, Gronk, Godwin missed a couple games and played hurt in some others. Antonio Brown missed the suspension time, but then came back like – they got a 44-year-old quarterback. I'm tired of betting Brady's going to miss some time or decline due to age. But, you know, Brady, Gronk, um, even on defense, JPP getting up there in age a little bit. Like, But if they can play the way they did offensively after the bye, like you would think that the defense bringing back all 11 starters, bringing back uh, Steve McClendon, who was also there, adding some guys in the draft, adding guys obviously on offense in the draft, Early in the year, they struggled a little bit offensively against some of the better defenses, and that didn't happen after the bye. So, like, well, and then we they didn't really play a ton of good defense after the bye, but they did in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they played. Uh, they played. The, no, they didn't play the Rams. Green Bay, yeah, New Orleans, and then Kansas yeah. City. I mean, that's. Yeah, I was going to say the Rams, but the Packers beat the Rams. That's right. Um, to beat yeah. the Rams. So, I mean. If they look anything like they did, obviously, during the Super Bowl run, they're still a very big problem for most every team in the league. The adjusted games loss thing is, again, I think it's worth digging into a little bit deeper real quickly just because – so football outsiders look it's, – it's basically like how much time did your starters miss for injury and in 2020 for COVID games loss as well. The 49ers – this shouldn't be surprising. The 49ers led the NFL in adjusted games loss at 166.6. That's a – huge number yeah the uh, New England Patriots were had the second most games lost 134.8 so the 49ers are full 30 games ahead of the second place team I mentioned that because the Buccaneers in in I guess last place really it's first place because you missed less games but had the fewest games missed 30.6 the next closest were the Rams at 45.6 the Falcons at 48 the Saints at 49 and then the Steelers at 55. So they were nearly 25 games clear of the team that had the fifth fewest games missed. I mean, that's this is a big, big discrepancy. Yeah, and I mean, you would expect basically average health luck. That doesn't mean they're going to have much worse than average this year. just means you should expect average, which means, you know, maybe a couple more starters miss a game or two here and there. And obviously that would contribute to their ability to maintain the offense, especially if it's one of the offensive linemen, given that, you know, Brady is one of the more stationary quarterbacks 
in the league. He's not really going to make plays outside of structure. Granted, he doesn't have to because he's the smartest quarterback in the league before the snap and knows where he's going with the ball right away. But they do play a little bit more of a take-your-time style of offense than the Patriots did when he was there. You know, a little bit more downfield stuff, a little bit more hang-in-the-pocket stuff than we were used to in New England. So it does, you know, especially if one of the offensive linemen has to miss time, that could affect things a little bit. Not that we would expect a dramatic drop-off, but, you know, any bit more bad injury luck than they had last year is a big difference. Yeah. I mean, and people use the phrase regress and people get very mad about it, but Oh yeah. Um, the Vikings, for instance, in 2019 finished 10 and six and they were, that's, they, they were a good team. They were 10, 11, 12 and team, whatever, you know, get some breaks here and there. They had the fewest games lost to injury. According to football outsiders that you're at 25.6 this past season, did the Vikings have the most games lost missed? No, but they regressed right around to average at 83.5. Now the math is a little fuzzy because it's a COVID season. And so you have, you know, the Patriots have more because they had a bunch of guys opt out, et cetera, et cetera. Minnesota certainly had some of that, but typically speaking, teams are going to regress, not means get worse, just move towards the middle. And the Buccaneers have been to the bottom two in terms of adjusted games lost the last two years. It would stand to reason that they could potentially see a massive regression or even just a middling regression. And that's probably going to end up defining their season, right? Yeah. I mean, what will end up defining their season, honestly, is like if Brady plays as well as he did last year, it's not really going to matter. And if yeah. he doesn't, then things change pretty dramatically. Um, that's honestly what defines most team seasons though. If your quarterback is good, you'll be good. If he's not, you won't like if your quarterback's good, you can overcome injuries. Yeah. If your quarterback's not, you can't. And if your quarterback gets injured, you're screwed. Correct. With the ironically, the exception being of course, the 2008 Patriots with Tom Brady, who missed the entire season with a torn ACL and they still didn't go to the playoffs. And that, I think that's a learned exception. Yeah, they went 11 and five and didn't make the playoffs because that was the year the Dolphins ran the wild after having gone one and 15 the previous year won the division. Correct. That is correct. So, yeah, the Buccaneers doubt the Buccaneers at your own peril is the overarching lesson. I doubted them last year, did not work out well. Yeah, me too. It can get expensive very quickly when you fade Tom Brady. The Saints. We think they're going to be good, but we don't know. But they're going to be good because, as you point out, who the hell is the quarterback of this football team? I don't think they're going to be good for this reason. Oh, wow. Like, if you don't have a quarterback, how are you supposed to be good? Um, By fashioning together a Frankenstein-type monster involving Taysom Hill and James Winston? Like, <laughs> no, even last no. year, Breeze was not obviously at his peak efficiency from what we've seen from him throughout his career, but he was still more efficient than the average quarterback. Can you expect either Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill to be that? No. Like Jameis Winston's the most turnover prone quarterback of this era. That obviously changes things dramatically compared to breeze. Taysom Hill threw, I think like one pass more than 30 yards downfield. Taysom Hill did not look like a great quarterback when he was forced to play quarterback. No, like maybe they run, you know, a version of like the Raven style offense where it's all running, but 
are they really set up to do that that well? Like, I don't know. Like, what does Camaro look like without Breeze throwing the ball directly into, you know, his breadbasket every time? What does Michael Thomas look like without, you know, the slant master Drew Breeze hitting him, you know, perfectly in stride and turning, you know, five-yard passing plays into 12-yard gains? Like, it just seems like they're going to see a dramatic downtake in efficiency on offense. And, you know, they do have really good personnel on defense, but who's helping Cam Jordan rush the passer? Who's helping Marshawn Lattimore cover on the back end, you know, other than Marcus Williams? Like, I don't know. Like, it's a it's a shallower roster than we've seen in the past on both sides of the ball. They still have they still they still do have that good offensive line, but I think their skill position players are gonna be much less effective. We don't know. We don't know who the quarterback is. I don't know how we're supposed to expect this team to be good. Jameis Winston has been in the league since 2015. He started 16, 16, 13, 9, 16, and zero games. Last year he only attempted 11 passes for the Saints, but you know, has over 2,500 passing attempts since 2015. In that same stretch, Drew Brees has 3,000 passing attempts and 49 interceptions. Jameis Winston, 88 interceptions. I believe he has the second highest interception rate of all quarterbacks since 2000. I believe that. It's 3.4. 3.4% of his passes are intercepted. That is staggering. not good. Yeah. Like, I would bet that Breezes is like half that, if if half. Drew Breezes' career is 2-3. Was it with New Orleans? 2-2 with New Orleans. Okay. So not... Oddly enough, Drew Brees actually led the league in interceptions one year with the Saints. Was that when they were going seven and nine because their defense was terrible? It was. Yeah. Then they went eleven and five in 2013, then seven and nine three straight years. Yeah, I mean Drew Brees didn't really slice down his interceptions for the final last four years of his career. Yeah, when he was completing like also like just the the efficiency in terms of completion rate, like they were completing seventy five percent of their passes. And whatnot, and that helped them. James move the is a ball. sixty-one point four percent career completion guy. Yeah, I mean he throws That's further downfield, but sure. do they really have downfield receivers? Like, do you want to throw to Traquan Smith instead of Michael Thomas? I mean, for my fantasy best ball purposes, yes, but probably not. I mean, I do, I do think there is an alternate reality where, or you know, where, uh, there's a timeline. If I may reference particular show without giving away any spoilers you watching loki have you been watching loki i did watch loki even though i think that loki is the worst character i don't understand why people i wasn't a huge loki fan until loki and now i'm a big loki fan it's a really good like oh no loki betrayed us again let's trust loki this time oh no he betrayed thor again it's like you watch lost of course okay it's happening yeah 12 years. No, but Loki is like Ben Linus with long hair. Correct. Stop trusting him. Yeah. Like his, like, his whole thing is you. he's going to screw you over. And they tried to make that into a joke in one of the scenes. Is, is Jameis Winston the Loki of the NFL? Stop trusting this guy with the football. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I mean. I at any rate, my point being is that <laughs> I think there is a alternate timeline. And maybe it's this timeline where Sean Payton fixes all the inefficiencies of Jameis Winston's game. I don't think that's like, what percent? What are you? Are you Thor? Like stop trusting Loki. But what if, what if I, I, it's possible? I don't think it's likely. 
is it like a you think twenty five under ten percent? I'd say twenty five percent chance. Oh, I, I would trust Sean Payton. Not James Winston. I mean, I trust Sean Payton. I don't trust James Winston. Like I would feel much more confident in their fortunes running like a run based offense with Taysom Hill <laughs> than I would with yeah, you James. Really trust James Winston though. Well, he went to Florida State first all of right, all. Um, again, he's got the second highest interception rate since 2000. Like, he and threw it, 30 interceptions one year. It's not like he significantly raises your offense's ceiling either. Like, I don't know. Would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater or James Winston? <sighs> <sighs> Sam Darnold or James Winston? James. At least he's shown the ability to be like vaguely competent. Oh, see, I would take Darnold, but that's just me. I, Darnold has I been legit like the worst quarterback in the league since he's come into the league. There's a chance there's a chance Jameis is not bad, is what I'm saying. Now, speaking of Sam Darnold, do we think that Sam Darnold can be good next year? We'll tell you after the break. Good tease. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. That's what we do. <laughs> so here's the burning question. For, your burning question for the Panthers, the Carolina Panthers. Was it Sam Darnold or was it the Jets slash Adam Gase? Yeah, I mean, I think we'll it's know pretty. To, it's 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 hard to definitely. If we had no knowledge of the Miami Dolphins and Adam Gase's first coaching stint, like zero knowledge of it whatsoever, if those guys just left and dis and and we just don't know what happened with the Miami guys after Gase left, you would definitely pin this on on Sam Darnold. Somewhat, I, I think. Also, if if Tannehill hadn't been so good the last couple of years, well, that's what I'm saying. Um, like, like how good these guys were after they left Adam Gase's. Yeah. And Robbie Anderson last year with the sure. Dolphins, uh, with the the Panthers. Kenyon Drake, um, Kenyon Drake. Although he wasn't very good last year. Um, I mean, he's, he's bad. all these dudes from Miami got Minka Fitzpatrick got great elsewhere. Yeah, um, I think it's hard to separate the two. It's it's not like Darnold, by the way, was incredible in college. He was more of like a traits prospect than a production sure. prospect. Um, and he's just, he flat out has just been really bad. 
in the NFL. Um, like there's no real way around it, but he was playing for Adam Gase. He did not have even a below average offensive line. Like he had a horrendous offensive line for all three years. He had really bad skill position players and he had a, you know, an offensive system that was not putting him in position to succeed. You know, he was put in position to fail and he failed. So I don't know how much of that you can hold against him. Now with Carolina, he'll have a much better offensive system. We've seen Joe Brady scheme Joe Burrow into success with LSU, scheme Teddy Bridgewater into more success last year with Carolina. He's got much better receivers with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and uh, who's the guy they drafted, Terrace Marshall, and he's got Christian McCaffrey as opposed to whatever the heck the Jets have had the last few years. Um, he has, I wouldn't say a good offensive line. It's probably not even an average offensive line, but it may be like slightly below average, which is a big improvement over what he had in New York. So I think we'll find out pretty quickly whether he can play at all. You know, like I think it's a chance we find out week one. Against they play the Jets week one. Right? Yes, they do. Yeah. If Sam Darnold comes out and stinks to join up in a revenge game against a Jet a Jets defense that isn't that good, and a Jets team that really, I mean, there's no reason you shouldn't light up the Jets. Yeah, I mean, well, the reason you shouldn't light up the Jets is you're just not a very good quarterback. Uh, <laughs> or yes, or Robert Sala just has your number. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like. I'm skeptical on Darnold, just like when there's a three-year track record of you not being very good. Who's the last quarterback who was bad for three years and then became good? Uh, Ryan Tannehill? He wasn't even that bad. Yeah, he was, like, fine. And he was hurt a little bit in Miami. And, you know, like, at least he had showed, like, athleticism and somewhat of – not necessarily a ceiling, but the ability to put together, you know, competent play, which Darnold has not really done that so far. That's that's fair. Sam Darnold has not. Uh, Sam Darnold has flashed at times. Yeah, I would say he's had flash games, but he's not had, excuse me, he's not had stretches where he looked like, you know, an above average quarterback, like multi-game no. stretches. Like, I don't think that has happened for him yet. Yeah, but I would say that, you know, first of all, he had a you know rookie season, played 13 games, flashed at times. Comes in second season. What did he, get? he got mono in his second year, right? Yeah, he got mono, and he was seeing ghosts. Like, I don't know. I thought he improved in his second year relative to the circumstances, and then last year was just – it was never going to work. Yeah, it's it's hard. I, I think he'll I mean, be that, put that in 2018 to 2020 Jets are some of the worst rosters you'll see. Oh yeah. And like that's why I said, like, we don't really know. Um, if you were a believer in Sam Darnold before the draft, I don't think he's shown like that you were right, but you can make the argument that he hasn't shown you were wrong. Whereas if you weren't a believer before the draft, I think that he's, you know, played into. If, if what you were in on Sam Darnold before the draft, you're in, like I was, then you're going to hold I was too. this second stop works. If you were out on Sam Darnold before, before the draft, there's no reason for you to be in on Sam Darnold now. Like you should right. stay out on it. I was like, I was in on him before the draft, and now I'm like, I don't really know. Yeah. If you were out, you're probably still just out. Yeah. But if you were in, I think there's a case that you can be like, 
maybe. I think I think if you were in, you can still say maybe. I think that's fair. Right. I think you can say maybe. I don't think you can say yes. No, nobody, know, can like, say, nobody can say yes. Yeah. Like, so it's just that's why this is the biggest question. Like, you know, like, and you know, they, they got competent ish play out of Teddy last year, not much of a ceiling, but you know, their receivers produced. Some of that is because McCaffrey played what, like two games, three games, like two and a half McCaffrey games. McCaffrey was hurt. Yeah, look, if if they get if they get average to slightly above average play from Sam Darnold, I think it can be a playoff team. If Sam Darnold, I don't know about that. Like, I I think they're probably a seven win team at most. I think their defense is still probably a below average defense. Like, I think it'll be better if they did bring in some talent, obviously, but it was a pretty bad defense last year. And it's still a very young, it was all rookies, though. I don't, I don't put too much time, right? That's what I'm saying. It's still a very young defense, like, for sure, for sure, for sure. You would expect, obviously, second year guys to be better than rookies, but enough to make them an above average defense. Like you probably need to be above average on both sides of the ball to be a playoff team or at least average on both sides of the ball. I don't know if you can count on average on both sides of the ball from the, especially in a division with the bucks. And, you know, if people think the saints are going to be like, I think they will be fine. I don't think they can be like, I'm not putting them in the same class as the bucks. The pan- no, no, not even close. The, the saints. I mean, Oh, the saints. Yeah. Yeah, like I, well, think I don't think. Yeah, I think I think it's. Uh, we were. I can't remember who said this. I've been saying this on the podcast since like last week. If, if you can get the Bucks minus one sixty to win the NFC South, bet that. What does that break out to? Like as a percentage chance? It's. I mean, it's obviously over fifty. Uh, um, I mean, I think it's, is it fifty? Are we sure it's fifty? It's like a sixty percent chance ish. Maybe. Well, minus one hundred would be a 50-50 chance, right? Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Right. So it's somewhere between like sixty or seventy percent chance. I mean, this I is mean, something I should know, but um, blanking out on it. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think it's probably like let's say it's sixty percent chance, right? Or yeah, I mean the, the case against it would be to bet on injuries, like right. To, it's barring injury to Brady. What's the chance you see of one of the other three teams winning this division? Twenty percent. I mean, I think they should be closer to what the Chiefs are, which is like minus three fifty. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe even higher. Like, Brady's fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, do you have more confidence in the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, or the Chargers? The Chargers. Yeah, but we always get sucked into the Chargers this time of year. And like, I am again, not not like to win the division, but to be like pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I've got more confidence in them certainly than the Panthers, and for me, probably than the Saints, and probably than the Falcons, but. But not maybe not the three of them combined. Well, let's have, talk about the Falcons. Uh, the burning question for Atlanta. Now with Julio Jones out the door, what will Arthur Smith's offense look like? Smith, of course, um, an incorrect punching bag on this podcast. We've apologized many times for doubting his credentials. He comes in. He's a great offensive coordinator with the Titans. Very creative. Knows how to use exactly that personnel. Well, he doesn't have that personnel anymore. It's it's different. And, in fact, what his, one of his best players just went to Tennessee and Julio. So what would the offense look like? With Kyle Pitts added, Mike Davis in the backfield, Matt Ryan under center, and Calvin Ridley is the alpha. Yeah, I mean, I think that we know vaguely what to expect in terms of like zone blocking schemes mixed with, you know, like some power running schemes a little bit um, and a lot of play action and bootlegs and like 
max protect two or three man routes that let Matt Ryan, who was, you know, the Ryan Tannehill in this construction, make like one or two reads and just hit a guy that's open because you've schemed it up well. But what does that look like when the running back is Mike Davis instead of Derrick Henry? What does it look like? Like they have a better offensive line than I think Tennessee did last year after, you know, losing Conklin and Luan got hurt and things like that. Like the, the Falcons offensive line, I think is pretty good. You know, you got Jake Matthews that, you know, they lost Alex Mack, but Jake Matthews, like it's a solid enough offensive line. You know, the guys they drafted a couple years ago, McGarry and, for some reason, I'm blanking on the other guy they drafted. Uh, Chris Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom. There you go. Um, they traded back up for McGarry, I believe. Took Lindstrom at like 14 and McGarry at like 18 or something like yeah. that. And then, you know, Kyle Pitts is a much different player than any of the tight ends that they had. Right. How often will they like split Kyle Pitts outside and bring in Hayden Hurst? Are they going to run as much like two and three tight end stuff? Like they don't have even like a Corey Davis style number two receiver behind Kelvin Ridley. I I don't know how much confidence you have in Russell Gage and Olamad Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus, however you say it, and Russell Blake, like, or not Russell Blake, Christian Blake. Christian Um, Blake, Russell Gage, Olamida Zacchaeus. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much confidence in those guys. Like, No, if Calvin Ridley gets hurt, this team is screwed. Yeah, like Ridley is the A.J. Brown here. Now, um, but when he had Julio there, like it's exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, although like he was really good in the games he is really they didn't good. have no, I'm saying in the games where they didn't have Julio last year, she sure. was still really Yeah, no, good. it's not a matter of like Calvin Ridley can't be good without Julio Jones. It's a matter of what happens if Calvin Ridley gets hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're just gonna run your offense through Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts and Mike Davis. Like, yeah, what happens if Mike Davis know, gets hurt? Yeah, uh, what do they got? Uh Javian Hawkins. This is I the mean, guy they picked good. up as a UDFA. Um, they don't have Brian Hill anymore. They don't have who they have last year, Gurley. Um, I think Brian Hill is in is he in Tennessee now? He might be. The uh the the running back depth chart for Atlanta, Mike Davis, Quadre Allison, Javion Hawkins, Cordell oh, right. Patterson, oh, right. Tony James Patterson. Brooks, Brooks James, and Caleb Huntley. Not great, it's, Bob. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would think they'll be significantly pass heavier than Tennessee was. Like, they just don't have the personnel. To be a run-heavy team. Yeah. Like, you would think they're going to throw it a ton. And, I mean, it's just going to be Calvin Ridley season. Like, if he plays all 17 games, like, 175 targets it's not is not out of the question. Like, right. 200 targets is not out of the question in Maybe 17 in games. Like 12 targets a week or whatever? Well, that's the other thing is, you know, with the Arthur Smith, we give him all the credit in the world and deserves it. It's hard to parse out how much of his success is related to Derrick Henry. How much is it related to upgrading to Ryan Tannehill? How much is it related to the offensive line? You know, how much, how easily replicable is it? He comes from, I guess, in theory, a, a hand me down of the Shanahan to Shana clan, right? Yeah. I mean, he was under LaFleur, like, yeah. So, um, who obviously is you know from the Shanahan school. Um, I think schematically you like what you saw there, and it's yeah, it's a system that has been shown to raise the efficiency of offenses around the league over the course of many years. 
So you would think they'll be able to do something similar, especially more than like whatever Dirk Cutter was doing over these last few years. Like, sure, for sure. Which I think has been lowering the efficiency of an offense that should have been very good. Um, I, and was when Shanahan was there a few years ago. Um, obviously, they went to the Super Bowl. So I would not even, uh, not even disagree. All right. I Falcons are interesting. Some people are high on them. It's easy to look at them and see a fragile roster. You can make the case really either way. Like, oh, Arthur Smith will make the offense much better than it was. They still have Ryan. They have Calvin Ridley. They brought in Kyle Pitts. And then, like, Dean Pates will make the defense better than whatever the heck it was these last couple of years. But you can also make the case, like, Ryan's 36, 37 years old. They don't have Julio anymore. Uh, maybe Arthur Smith was a Derrick Henry creation. And their defense is still not good. Like, you can easily make the case in either direction. Yes, you can. All right, dudes. Great stuff on the NFC South. Thanks as always, buddy. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, man. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.